are listening to Brigade Radio 1. Welcome to the Antisocial Show. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it every time you do. I really mean that. Uh, no hunter for the show, but he's here in spirit. Absolutely. Today's guest is comedian Cassandra Cardenas, creator of Ladies Lunch Productions with Kate Murdoch. You can go to www.ladieslunchproductions.com. Also, the new podcast on Kevin Smith's Smodcast Network. There are some other links for her in the description of the show, and they're also at the end of this program. Thank you for listening. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today, comedian, sketch performer, improvisational theater performer, feminist, Cubana, daughter, Cassandra Cardenas. Thank you for being here today. Yay! Thank you for having me. Quite welcome. It's, uh, so let's see. You joined a podcast that I've been listening to for some time now, one on Kevin Smith's podcast network called Nooner. Yes. It feels like three years. Has it been that long? Or... Um, longer? I yeah, it's two or three years. I'm not sure, but it's around there. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you ever think? So, how did you get involved with uh, Nooner at the beginning? I knew Giselle and Marty mm-hmm. um, from a uh, improv, uh, well, an improvised web series that the two that we all did mm-hmm. called Teachers. Oh, yes, teachers. T- C H E R S, um, which was awesome, and it was so much fun, and they they were both hilarious, and um, yeah, we met, but that was a while ago. That was like six years ago or so, and so um, when it was Giselle who reached out to me because they had one of their regular hosts leaving, Stephen Kruger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she reached out to me and just asked if I wanted to be on an episode and then um i did one and i was like oh that was fun and they were like yeah come back whenever and then i just never i told them i was like i will come back every week if you let me and they were like oh yeah yeah, that's fine and they weren't joking no no so i came back every week for the most part and yeah now i'm a staple and i'm finally on the website oh congratulations yeah well yeah it's about time with that um it's 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 (laughs) funny because like i think at the height of how many people there were on the show, uh, it was like, I think at least five. And the five that I remember were, so it was Marty. Oh, this isn't counting James. Uh-huh. So uh, did you ever, were you, did you ever get to work uh, with when James was working the board or anything? No, it was, uh, it was, when I started, it was 
Marty, Giselle, and Bill. Okay, yeah. So let's see. It had. It was. Uh, it got to Marty. Dan had left. Uh, oh, so okay. So it was Marty and Dan, and then it became I think Bill and Steve, and Emily. I believe. Uh, right. Yeah, O'Hare. I think that's her name. And uh, anyway, so that was. I was like, wow, the show's really. And then it just started shrinking again, and uh, and now it's it is what it is. So the show's gone through some changes, but it's still on, and that's awesome because it's it's something I look forward to every Tuesday. Oh, good. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Marty. Marty's kept it strong, even when I had to take a little bit of a hiatus, and it was just Marty and Mickey and Steve sometimes. For a while, but yeah, right now it seems we're not going to do it tomorrow. By the way, um, oh okay, Mar- Marty has already emailed uh, all of us and said that he's sick, so he finally got the same sickness that has been plaguing all of us. It was only a matter of time. He's on a vegan diet, so maybe that. Oh yeah, has- <laughs> uh, could be. It's hard to say. You know, you know it's interesting. Uh, thing about diets is I'm I'm technically on one, but I never. Um, I mean, it's not like, like in my household there was uh, there was a lot of dieting going on. Um, when I say a lot, there was uh, was I should say there was always somebody on a diet, and I didn't really okay. know what one was exactly because I just saw food as you know food. Uh, we got lots of good vegetables. You know, we had uh, meat. We had a good balance of things on the plate, decent nutrition, all that. Um, my parents were kind of in that next generation of, of people where they weren't regarding salad as rabbit food. They were adapting it for, you know, they were pretty progressive, uh, nutritionally speaking. And uh, my dad yeah. liked to cook. So, so like, I just always thought it was, oh, but it was like Weight Watchers or it was, you know, you heard about Jenny Craig or Nutrisystem or these things out there. That was that was the diet. Like, you go, you went and you got the diet was the idea. But I had to adapt a diet, and I realized oh, I'm on one just because it's not called something like it's not a Weight Watchers diet. It's a, it's a controlled eating situation. So it still counts and right? It, and it's working. So it must be, you know, I didn't do it intentionally. That's the thing. I just sort of asked backward of my way into it by needing to cut wheat out of my diet and also cutting uh, sugar way down. So, yeah. Yeah. So I lost 60 pounds that way, which is weird. Congratulations. Thank no, you. No, that's huge. Uh, losing, well, the losing the sugar is big. I cut sugar for a while. And then more recently, I feel like I've, I got into baking. And so I've just been like a sugar butter fiend. Um, mm. but <laughs> 20 hit and, uh, yeah, I just, now I'm trying the whole 30. That's, that's my current, my current, uh, diet, but, um, whole 30. Yes, it's uh, it's the reset diet. I'm actually listening right now to an audio book by Roxane Gay, very famous uh, feminist. Mm. Um, it's called Hunger, and it is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's it's a it's a about her body, and she talks about um, Weight Watchers and those types of things, and how we're constantly selling the idea that we can just eat whatever we want when it's just not true. Right. Like, um, and, uh, that it's, those things are detrimental and huge industries that, um, are selling happiness through having a different body and being someone other than yourself. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's the great thing about or the great thing. That is the kind of the central thing about advertising is convincing people that they're missing out on something. Right. Yeah. Well, and just an overall, like, 
you would be happy if you were thinner and here's how you get thinner and you can have everything you like. Right. Well, it's, no. It's like we can it's help you also. Sorry. You can have one slice of cake and it's all your points for one day. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think everybody would probably lose, probably lose weight if they only ate one slice of cake every single day. But it wouldn't be very healthy. <laughs> That's true. No, I mean, unless that was like, uh, you'd have to get like lembus bread or something, like some elven food that they make in, you know, role-playing games that would <laughs> cover all your yeah. nutrition. Uh, or some kind of version of an MRE. Uh, I had well, a... Mm, yeah. Oh, no, nothing. I'm just listening to how nerdy you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, there's it's it's and it's just it's mostly I'm just thinking about things that like what you're saying reminds me of and trying to circle it back around and it's weird sometimes where my mind goes. I, hmm? What RPG games? That makes sense. Yeah, a role-playing game. Well, it's like well, actually, the, the, technically, I was going to say it was Lord of the Rings because it's Lembus bread is for basically from the Lord of the Rings and it's it's a uh, it's like it is a substance made by elves and it's like it is a type of bread that apparently um, in the first <laughs> in the first Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, which we used, my wife and I uh, are big fans of the films. We used to listen to uh, the commentaries for the movies, like to go to sleep by, because it, it's just people talking. And it's very soothing. It goes on for four hours and this, and it's like, oh yes, and they went up the hill and they shot this for days, and there was the da, 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 da. <laughs> so you hear that enough times, and then eventually you start to absorb stuff. So on the cast commentary, Orlando Bloom, who plays Legolas the elf, was talking about, oh, and here's where I do my 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 Lembus bread spot or this the advertisement for it because the character says, you know. Says what it is, you know. Expo- exposition <laughs> does the expository thing, so you know what this thing is he's holding, and uh, you know it's lemon bread. A single bite can fill a man's stomach for an entire day, and then you know it's like You're oh wow. You're never gonna believe me, but I literally watched the first Lord of the Rings today. Really, the Fellowship? Yeah. Yes. Um, I didn't get I, like so. Rare. I I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm. Um, I watched the first half. Um, because I had to go to a meeting, um, but my boyfriend finished the whole thing. He loves those movies. I haven't seen them since I was like too young to retain them. And so, so random and strange that you're bringing it up. Well, anyways, my boyfriend, uh, finished it and, uh, I, those, it was, those movies are great and, um, they're full of exposition. It's like to a point where it's hilarious when Dumbledore or not Dumbledore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I said when uh Gandalf I'm with you though. Whatever. One wizard is a wizard is a wizard. I love those movies um, too, you know. We just started rewatching those, so Oh, I haven't ever finished it. Do not spoil the end. I've made it this long without knowing how those books end or that movie ends. I hear you. I uh, just saw Rogue One and didn't have anything spoiled for me. So, like, I mean, literally just saw it. It's a whole thing. Sorry, go ahead. That's, yeah, Lord of the Rings. But nothing spoiled for you? What do you mean? No. Oh, I, oh yeah. you've left. I understand. I managed not to have any real spoilers for Rogue One, even of the ones that, like, when you guys were talking about Rogue One, like, a year ago, uh, you didn't really spoil anything. So I, I, was, I got to experience the story as though I would have... I mean, I've seen every Star Wars movie in the theater when it came out, except for Rogue One, and also I haven't seen Last Jedi, so... So it's it's like Star Wars is a, world, is a world that I'm very familiar with, but I also like Lord of the Rings, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of exposition in those. Like uh, in the first one, uh, the Christopher Lee's character alone, you know, you hear his voice come in, and they're explaining things, and Ian McKellen comes on, and you know, it's like, and Gandalf the Grey rides towards Isengard. I know. My I know. Council. I need to ask before, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, what? 
And here you are. And now we're walking in the garden. We're going to go in the tower and have the mother of all staff fights. I always like yeah. the, the invisible powers fight is fun. That's when I left was during the staff fight. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they went. Oh, yeah, it's great. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> two old going at it. Yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks really like unpleasant, <laughs> but like, um, but still kind of cool. Like, like you, you do kind of go ah. Ee. It's like when you're an older person, and you, like let's say my age, I'm I'm a little bit over forty, and you know I go back and I look at the Three Stooges, and I realize these are old guys hitting each other, and it bums me out a little bit. So <laughs> you're like, be nice. You're too old. Yeah, I was never a huge fan of theirs. I appreciated. Uh, I liked. Um, I was more an Abbott and Costello because I liked all the wordplay and stuff. I'm a big word nerd. So. I I like a I like a wordy joke over a physical comedy as well. Mm. I mean, I could take a little bit of both, but I, 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 it's, uh, there is also the kind of, there's the exaggerated acting comedy that I also enjoy, like the big reaction, like when, at, when Costello starts to, starts to, like he's laughing and then he starts to cry. There's something funny about it, which is hard to pull off because I don't usually find crying funny. I find it disturbing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, man, I, I don't know. I just, it's just a strange thing. I, so, you know, crying, funny crying is hard, really hard to pull off for me. Like, you know, it just, do you know what I mean, though? I do. A crying is funny when someone starts throwing up because they're crying so hard. That okay. is a nice, that's a nice progression of comedy for me where you're laughing, then you're crying, and then you're throwing up. That, I like seeing that. Well, it's not not actually... Not in real life, but like acted out in improv scenes. Like it's a very fun technique that if you're crying, you start vomiting. <laughs> Laughing, crying, vomiting. It's a variation on sitting, standing, lying down. It always gets a laugh when you're on stage if you start throwing up. Pretty much in general, but like pretend throwing up, of course. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, always gets a laugh if you're crying so hard that you start throwing up. <laughs> How- <laughs> Nobody knows what. <laughs> Nobody knows what? To what to do with you after that? <laughs> oh no, I guess not. Yeah, because they can't uh, they can't walk through the imaginary sick on the stage. They have to kind of give you what, or they have to switch scenes to a, you know Harold style and uh, yeah, try get and rid of all, all the vomit. <laughs> Comes back to the scene. They're like, "Wow, I'm glad I got a chance to get rid of that vomit," and so nobody slips in it. That imaginary vomit. So yeah, how long have you been doing improv? Oh, um, about. Nine years. It'll be, it'll be nine years around April or so. Right. Or no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I started when I was nineteen oh, or eighteen okay. or nineteen. Neat. I, I started at nineteen as well. Uh, really? Yeah. And then I. Where do you do it? Oh, well, I, I used to do it. I should say. Uh, I started when I was nineteen. Uh, there was a. I answered an ad. In the newspaper, uh, somebody was somebody from uh, a couple a couple of people from Texas had uh, were going to start an improv troupe in Eureka. Uh, they had been in a group, or she had been in a group uh, called the Stucco Iguanas, I believe, which I'd never heard of because there was no internet back then, and uh, and also I'm not in Texas, so that's, eh. and uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. And the reason why I got uh, I got hired in the audition process is because I had no experience, so. Uh, basically, she had learned improv games that they used to perform there, and she was taking them to another place and then teaching us. So I got to learn 
uh, some improv games there. And then, <laughs> after about a year, uh, the business folded, and a person who had been studying theater sports, um, Keith Johnstone's theater sports, uh, kind of took me under his wing and started an improv group because he had he had auditioned for the same group and had some experience. And he was about, I want to say, about 15, 20 years older for me. That's a guy named Bobby Klesper, who then left us about three years later and went up to Chicago to, to study in uh, Second City. And I think I heard that name. Like I've heard it in like a a book, Bobby Klesper, or like one of those books by a lot of the Second City people. I feel like that name sounds familiar. It's a really distinct name, you know. It's it's uh yeah. So it's possible. I haven't uh, got heard any uh, any specific stuff, and we haven't talked for a while. But um, but yeah, there's a, so I I did uh, Guerrilla Theater, which was uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's kind of like a variation on the basic theater sports stuff, except the um, except instead of being on teams and playing games with against each other, everybody is a director, and then so one person kind of starts the scene. The other, all the other actors uh, are are being directed by the director, and then at the end of the scene, uh, the audience votes into whether or not the scene was successful. Instead of having the judges out there with their bells and whatever they're doing, and and they they go uh, banana or forfeit. So banana, you get a banana badge, and then the person with the most badges at the end wins. A forfeit is a little cup comes out, and then uh, it has little punishments. So like you know, improvise a, a tap dance or something, and so then the person has to do a little little tap dance improvisation, and that's and then it goes on to the next thing, and we just rotate throughout the night, and then figure out if the audience is still having a good time after you know after about five or six, and if they are, you know, but it's all but it's all. Just those improv games reincorporated, like arms and you know, and uh, one word at a time, and you know, the little those things. And then, uh, you know, I'm just I've been a, uh, you know, I'm a fan of comedy, so it's uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it was kind of nice to be able to see what it took to make people laugh when you didn't know what was going to come out of you know out of you. Like I didn't have anything written or anything. You know, you know what I mean? Like that experience yeah. is it's an interesting. Thing. I, I love it. Improv is, improv is the best. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'd love to do it again. Um, I, 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 do it! Well, I have to, yeah, it's, I could, I'd have to do it by myself at this stage. It's hard to find people. In, um, and there's, there's a, com, com, a comic scene up here, which would be cool uh, which, to uh, figure out a way to, um, to draw from that crowd. Um, Where are you at again? I'm in Arcata. <laughs> Arcata? Which... Sorry. Sorry? Where's that? <laughs> Arcata is um, it is it is north of Eureka. Uh, oh, in Oregon. Uh, no, no, it is in Northern California. Oh, I'm sorry, my uh, my iPad is giving me a message here. Oh, over in Northern California. Oh, yeah, I, I actually. I don't know why. So go ahead. I didn't know why you did. I for some reason I didn't know that. I usually know where most of uh, the active. Nooner fans are. Oh, it's fine. No, I mean when I uh, when I started listening to Nooner when they when Nooner started, I should say, because that's when I started listening. Um, I was living in Washington, but I'm from here. I'm from where I'm at now. I moved back to Arcata is my was my hometown, and uh, Eureka is near it. Um, and it is about 180 miles south of the Oregon border. I think it's about five and a half hours north of San Francisco, roughly. So it's in the it's in the area they call the um, what do they call it? The, it's not the Iron Curtain, the Redwood Curtain, something like that. It's oh, okay. a big redwood forest. You know, the sequoias are up there, and it's uh, it's not exactly isolated, but it kind of feels like it is. It's really kind of laid back. I have a friend who lives there, yeah. and yeah, 
I, I don't know exactly where he's at, but he's, he's, he's pretty deep in those redwoods. He's definitely secluded on, he, he likes the seclusion. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, it is a nice area for that. There is a, uh, a, a comedy scene. I just actually, uh, there was an open mic, uh, it is. Uh, there's actually a few open mics that go on uh, around the uh, around the area. A couple in Eureka and a couple in Arcata um, every week on various nights of the week. And on Sunday night, my wife and I had been attending. Oh, actually, you might have seen this on my Twitter stream, or you may not. But my wife did stand up comedy for the first time on the open mic at the really? open mic about a month ago. Yeah, and I taped it, uh, and, and both I mean taped it. I taped it. Yes, that's how old I am. I I, I put I brought my my tape recorder. Now I I. Uh, Recorded it. I know what to tape it. I got it. Put my old reel-to-reel out there, and uh, now uh, it was. And anyway, so I, there's I, still there's still uh, show business terms the taping. So you know. Oh yeah, I still don't. Call, don't, don't yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> I, I still call movies films. Like I'm going to go see a film, and that's. Um, but I also call them movies, apparently. Um, Oh, and so she did that. And then, um, what is this? This is Tuesday. Uh, and on Sunday, this most recent Sunday, when I had the open mic, I got, I had my first stage experience of doing stand-up. So, Great. So that was fun. Uh, um, I'll tell you it, uh, being on stage, doing improv, uh, very different, uh, but similar yeah. energy and also being on stage doing karaoke, which I'm very fond of, um, also very different, but there's something about the combination of the energy of karaoke and the energy of, of uh, improv that feels very similar to just being up on the stage and talking to people who are listening. So didn't, I wasn't really that nervous about it. Uh, I, I was more just, I have, I have stomach issues. So, uh, but normally I have stomach issues. So I was more, uh, I guess more in discomfort than I was nervous, which was nice. Cause I, I didn't, I was just more like, you know what I have, I know what I'm going to talk about. They let you bring your notebooks here. There are people that have, you know, it's not like, it's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not the environment for me to get really, it's a very supportive environment. I was going to say afraid of, but that wasn't the right way to put it. Uh, it's just, you know, it was a, it was a nice and supportive environment. I'd, I'd been around them for a while. I thought, you know, now's the time because I've always wanted to see what it would be like on the side of the stage and in that context. And, uh, it was fun. I'll probably do it again. So that's hey. awesome. Thank you. So when did you, um, sorry, yes. What were you going to say? I was going to ask you when you first, uh, when you first got on stage, but I, but if you were going to say something else, I don't want to, I don't want to. It was you. around. It was around that. I mean, I, I definitely was going to say like, uh, there's nothing quite like a, a supportive open mic because it's the the the. I don't love doing stand up. I used to do a lot more stand up when I started Nooner, um, but then I kind of stopped uh, because I prefer improv. Uh, improv, the people have a lot more joy, and it's just more fun but uh there are certain open mics where everyone is really supportive and just wants to hear jokes and do their jokes and not sit with their arms crossed and be competitive and 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 shitty and so yeah when you can find a nice open mic like that i mean that those are the kinds of open mics where you want to go up every single week like I've been to open mics like that and I want, and I like to keep going back to them. I've even been to stand up shows that aren't technically supposed to be open mics, but I'm like, I'm booked talent. And yet I just know that the audience is so chill that like, you know, I can kind of get away with some jokes that are maybe not 
completely polished. And as an improviser, and I'm sure that you probably had a moment like this while you were doing stand-up, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you can uh, kind of play off the crowd a little bit more. Not necessarily do crowd work, but like things will come to you at the top of your head and you'll think to yourself, oh, that's funnier than what I was about to say, so I'm going to say this instead. And um, it's kind of nice where, you know, I, I don't have like memorized material, although I do have a new joke where I do need to memorize some very long numbers. But um, for the most part, I don't really memorize <laughs> my jokes because, you know, I'll play off of crowd reaction and that'll usually give me, um, you know, if, if uh, an audience groans at uh, a joke I make about semen, I'm going to come up with something funny about semen on the spot and then I'll move on to my next joke. Um, so stand-up's fun, but it's also, it's just, ugh, it's not quite like improv. Improv is just a fucking blast. I can cuss on this podcast, right? You, you can, yes. Thank you for asking. Okay. <laughs> I realized. I mean, you listen to me. I, I, I love the F word. I say it all the time. Um, it's a great word. It's very versatile. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the first time that I, I did stand up though. Um, like officially, cause I was, I was working, um, with my brother who was a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. um, back when I was like 15, 16, 17 ish. He ran his own room in this basement of this Italian restaurant in Hollywood called Michelli's. And, um, so I would run lights and, Eventually, I started serving tables uh, also at 16 and being a host and doing everything that I could, you know, to help out my brother. Um, And so I never really did stand up at that room, but I started like performing more in my on my own um, because I was around so much comedy all the time. Like I was I saw Daniel Tosh early, early on in his career. Todd Glass, um, a lot of like big comedian comedians who now are like really popular and like the improv circuit of like Eric Schwartz, um, Tom Clark, like people like that who I saw like early in their careers. Oh, Eric Flip Schwartz. Schultz. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry. Uh, Flip Schultz. You're saying? Well, but do you know who you know who Eric Schwartz is? Yeah, he was on I the breaks. Uh, I knew him from the breaks. Yeah, he does parodies of uh, he does really good song parodies. I, I can't remember his. Yeah. Did, uh, smooth E. Smooth E, that's right. Yeah, it was really weird. So I was auditioning for a sketch comedy show um, that taped at the Lap Factory hmm. called uh, Chocolate Sundays or something like that. And it used to be on, but then it was off, and now they're trying to put it back on, and it was, you know, it's going to be on television, it's all, all that shit. Hmm. And so I was, I was, you know, I got an audition for it, and... Um, in my auditioning group was Eric Schwartz, and I don't know why I'm I'm painfully socially awkward. So truly, much. truly, I am. And um, so I saw him. I had to. I had like on stage fucking performing with this guy because they had us do all these characters. Like, come in with your characters, and you have and you've got two minutes. So I did as many characters as I could in two minutes, mm-hmm. and then you go sit down. And then they call people back up 
who they want to see do a quick improvised scene. So I was called back up, Eric Schwartz was called back up, and then some other girl. And we had to, like, huddle together in 30 seconds and be like, what do you, let's do this, this, and this. And all I wanted to do, because I stood outside in line with this guy, I was, like, a couple seats away from him, I had to do this fucking improv scene with him, all this stuff. All I wanted to say was, hey, um, I'm Steve Monroe's little sister. I used to watch you do stand-up all the time when I was 16. This is, you know, like, over 10 years ago. I couldn't do it. I couldn't fucking tell him that I knew who he was and that I used to see him and I don't know why. I just didn't. And then I was like, I got, I was in my car and I was like, gotta fucking write him on Facebook or something. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'm like, I gotta write him on Facebook. I gotta I write him on Twitter or something and like let him know that like I recognized him and I don't know why I didn't do it in person. And I never did it. And I don't know why I don't have it in me to like to, to talk to people. I don't know. It was so weird. <laughs> No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, it's um, it's uh, I'm I've been socially awkward my pretty much in, in, in my entire life. It's uh, it is a it's a uh, well there it is. It's it's like it's, yeah. it's like you know what it's like. It's like being at the end of Jeff Goldblum's sentences all the time. <laughs> he just starts talking, That's to so him. Funny. and then he uh, yeah. 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 yeah 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 yeah. That's, That's kind of what it feels like. Put it. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's interesting because I'm I'm comfortable talking to people for the most part, but like people that I don't know, not saying that I know you, but I do know you more than you know other people, uh, just because of you know you listen to my show and and correspond. Um, but uh, like talking small talk. Because I'm a waitress, you know, like I talking to my tables is an absolute nightmare. Like the thought of like regulars, oh, I can't, I don't fuck with regulars. They're so sweet and nice people, but I don't want to talk to you about my life. I don't like. There's, do you care? Like, do you really care? And and so I can't, I can't talk to regulars for more than like five seconds. Mm -hmm. And um, people who are more famous than me. Like, which is mostly everybody, <laughs> but, um, you know, like Eric Schwartz, someone who I definitely consider to be ahead of me and more famous than me. So I, I like, even though I had like that perfect in, I can't talk to him. I guarantee if I ran into Kevin Smith, mm. I could not speak to him. I have all the openings in the world. Hey, I'm, I'm the only female host as far as I know on your entire network. Uh, you raised a finger, which makes me feel like I'm not the only female host. No, you're doing good. I'm just uh, the only female host on what? Oh, no, I was, go ahead. Uh, you were saying, if you, uh, Kevin Smith, I had an idea for you to, to maybe help with, uh, you should maybe look, make a little sock puppet and do Quare's voice through it. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I truly hate everything that you do all the time. You're a terrible filmmaker. Um, right, right. Like, I don't think that. I think he would run away from me if I was doing a little girl voice. And I, <laughs> um, I mean, Otto and George do need a replacement at this stage. Rest in peace, both of them. Because if one's dead, they're both dead. Was it? Oh, sorry, your sound just dropped out. But I can see that you're saying what? <laughs> uh, Otto and George. Wait, what did you say about rest in peace? Oh, I said rest in peace, Otto and George. Otto and George were a. Uh, it was a ventriloquist and a dummy duo. Uh, they died about. Um, well, see, that's the thing. It's like in my lifetime, uh, it's the only ventriloquist I know that's died. So, do you say they? They died, or um, I don't know if you say they died. Although I guess that makes sense. If Jeff Dunham died, I would say him 
and all of his friends died. All of his questionable and at times mildly racist friends right. died. I shouldn't talk to him. I waited on Jeff Dunham once, and he tipped very well, and I had no clue why I recognized his stupid face until he gave me his credit card. I said, oh, it's Jeff Dunham. That makes sense. And so he's the one with the face that isn't a caricature standing, be- standing in between a bunch of, yeah, yeah I've seen his, his, my, uh, my in-laws are fan- fans of his, um, of his work. I've seen a, a few of his videos. Sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's uncomfortable depending on what's going on in the world, really. But, uh, it, there are worse things to laugh at, certainly. Um, it's like, a South Park when they did their whole PC police season. Ooh, I didn't see that. that, did sounds you see awesome. that? No, it sounds great. Oh, the past few seasons of South Park have been incredible. Although I haven't been watching it most recently because um, I know that they're probably talking a lot about Trump and that makes me want to pull my hair out. But the season from 2016 and 2015 prior were great seasons. (laughs) You have a big douchey, I mean, this is for your listeners who have already watched this. They're like, don't explain this to me. But they've got a big douchey frat guy. Um, who is the PC police, and he terrorizes the whole town, and it's very funny. That sounds funny. Uh, we, uh, that gives me a reason to to maybe uh, tune back into uh, them. I never officially disbanded with South Park. I just didn't. I didn't really have access to it in the beginning because I didn't have cable. But I did in, uh, collect their first season on videotape, and I enjoyed that a great deal. And then uh, I, I, I like the show in general. I. I I, I laugh at it, you know. It's it's it is funny. Um, so I just it's it's um I guess there's just not enough time to watch all <laughs> all the TV that you know that I'd want to watch. Uh. Hey everyone, it's Ethan with Combat Radio. You know, one of the projects we're most proud of around here is the two disc audio book we produced with Disney legend Bob Gurr. From his years of working with Walt Disney to designing the T-Rex for Jurassic Park to Godzilla 1998, the work this man has done is legendary. He designed elements of the Matterhorn, Monorail, Haunted Mansion, Autopia, and much, much more. Get the two-disc audio book at CD Baby. Just go to CD Baby and enter Fail Fast. Combat Radio Conversations with Disney legend Bob Gurr, and bang, you're on your way to greatness. So, yeah, South Park, I, it just... Um I like them. I just, uh, oh, watching TV. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, we don't have a TV. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yes, I saw a finger. No, I was just, I was pointing at you for getting back on track. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so we'll watch things on demand. Like, um, like uh, my wife and I really like Tanked for some reason. We discovered that a few years back. It's a show. What's on, that? <laughs> it's a show on Animal Planet where there's a, a couple of guys, they're brothers-in-law, and they and, and they and their family make exotic uh fish tanks for um people and aquariums it's a show about amazing aquariums and it's it's hilarious because uh, it's one of the shows i enjoy because i i don't generally enjoy uh reality shows i guess you could call it because it is kind of that it's like watching comic book man or pawn stars or one of those things it's just you know in the sense that it's it's that type of animal (laughs) it's that type of you know reality slash scripted kind of thing where it's like you know we need some drama from show to show, but that's one of the reasons why I like it is I like it because I can see the strings and you know, like the, yeah. like, like a puppet. I can see that it really comes together in the edit. If you know what I mean? I've been dying <laughs> to talk about all of the bachelor and top chef that I've been watching 
because I've been watching Top Chef, Kitchen Nightmares, and The Bachelor, and I never watch reality shows. But just in the past few weeks, my boyfriend and I are like, let's do this. And we have been watching those competition shows and like, or reality shows like that, like crazy. And you're right, where I'm just like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what are the producers setting up for these poor, but like, are they poor people? But like, the especially The Bachelor, oh my God, what a pathetic show. It's these poor, I, I'm watching these women as they're getting like sent away and, you know, they're blaming themselves. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? You're blaming yourself because you didn't work out for this one dipshit who's going to propose to someone out of 30 people. And you're, and you're blaming yourself because you didn't get chosen. Like these girls like, Oh my God, I really like Ari. I really like Ari. I'm like, you spent two minutes with this clown and he's so boring. And he races like the bachelor is fucking so stupid and I can't this is what that's what I'm gonna do when we're done with this phone call I'm gonna watch Bachelor because it's on tonight <laughs> that's fine I've never seen The Bachelor the closest I've don't I won't I won't but I I did watch both the first two seasons <laughs> what I said but maybe start I don't know oh I mean I could see myself like uh, going back and looking at like the first seasons or something or finding uh, you know like um, just to get, get to see to get the feel for it, because I, I I have a, an affection for really terrible things as far as entertainment goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean like uh, you know like snuff videos. I mean like uh, or I guess they used to be called snuff films. They're probably still called Not snuff what I films. Was no, I don't mean. I didn't think. Uh, yeah, terrible I just, things. He must be watching people die. Right, not not necessarily that. No, um, but I mean like well, you know, like bad movies and things, or things that are considered to be bad movies, or movies that are just like like I like movies that where I'm like, well, I didn't expect that, you know, because. That's what my movie watching experience has basically been reduced to. Is that I, I I'm not surprised by things <laughs> as much as I used to be because I've seen so many damn movies. Isn't it exciting? You can get a you can get a movie that will surprise you. I love that. Yeah, it's like so exciting. That's why I really like horror movies now. Is I never used to watch horror movies, but now I like watching them just because as a writer, like trying to think about. Um, what like when you when like I've tried to write scary things and I'm like I've tried you have to be so creative that now I'm excited to watch new horror movies because I'm like ooh what did they do what did they do to to be scary and um, even actually we every time that we freeze I will click open the chat box to try to contact you and the only reason I know that that's a thing is because of watching Unfriended oh, so I haven't seen that one yet. so how how is Unfriended. <laughs> Oh my god, it's awesome! You haven't seen it? Not yet. No, I, I'm, uh, I'm I like horror films a lot, but I haven't gotten around to that one. The newer ones tend to it takes me a while to get uh, to get to, to get them to me. Like if it's on Hulu or um, uh, what do I have also Amazon or Amazon, then I, I'll probably have a better chance of seeing it. But uh, if it's in the theater, you don't have, or, hmm? you don't have Netflix. Uh, not right now, no. We used to have. Oh well, when I started, I used to have Netflix. I would, I watched the, I, I binge watched Lost on Netflix. I mean, I certainly <laughs> had my way with Netflix when we did have it. Um, but yeah, I haven't had it in a while. So it's a great, it was a great service. I'm, I'm very pro Netflix. But, um, but yeah, Amazon Prime has got some good stuff too. Um, I'm actually almost done with Big Love. I just started that a little bit ago. It's five seasons. Uh, fun fact. Yeah. So 
I have been an actress um, professionally. I put quotes on it. Um, yeah, in Los Angeles um, since I was 13 years old. Wow. And um, I auditioned for Big Love for producers when I was like 14 or 15 and uh, didn't know anything about the show other than Tom Hanks was one of the original producers on it or something. Yes. Um, so it was a big deal. We're like, oh, cool, let's go to this because, you know, Tom Hanks is producing it. And I was like, you know, young and stupid. I'm like, Tom Hanks is going to be in the in the room when I go in there and read. Um, as you can tell, I didn't book it. Uh, but I feel all these things that I auditioned for, even even as I continue to audition through things, I feel attached to projects that I <laughs> read four pages of. I put up a five, but four. Four pages of um, dialogue for before anybody else got to see it. So, uh, cool. yeah, it's a it's not cool. It's a fun fact. Don't get it confused. Oh, well, it's, I mean, I, I, it's, um, I guess I mean neat. Except this is the thing is that, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, with language and English and whatnot, I, um, I've been learning Esperanto, <laughs> um, since yeah. it, it is a auxiliary language that was created in the, uh, late 1890s, I think by, uh, that sounds right. Doesn't it? That's, yeah. 1890s. Cause before the 1900s. So it was created by a Swiss guy named, uh, L.L. Zamenhof and he, uh, lived in a when he was when he was at school in the late 1800s he lived in a, a village where there was uh, i'm going to get some of this information wrong but there's there was russians and poles and there were jewish people and there were uh, i think either germans or hungarians i can't remember which it was and he noticed that all of these groups never interacted with each other in this in this uh in this place he grew up in and he thought it was kind of sad and so he envisioned this world where Everybody in it would speak two languages, their native tongue and Esperanto. So he took um, the Romance languages and, and uh, like, I think Italian and uh, French and a couple of other ones. And then <laughs> it's been a while since I've read the information on this. And, um, and uh, then gave it kind of a Czech uh, sentence structure. And basically made it to where there's, it's the simplest language in the world to learn, theoretically. They say that a native English speaker and a native Chinese speaker will both learn to speak about the same amount of Esperanto in four months. So that's kind of cool. Um, And I'll tell you, I've been studying it for about four months now, and I can certainly read um, a lot more Esperanto than I could when I started. But I don't know if I could could, uh, make sentences and string things together. Yes, my it has completely dropped out again, and I will attempt to finish what I was saying, or perhaps not. Perhaps we go on to something else. When the, hey, how's it going? Sorry about that. Um, native, a native English speaker and a native Chinese speaker will both learn the same amount of Esperanto. At the, apparently, they're supposed to learn about the same amount uh, as each other, essentially. So, like, like they should have about the same amount of vocabulary in about that time. And the reason why it's one of the reasons why it's so easy is that um, things like pronunciation are really simple. Like, you know how in English there's the O U G H part of a word and that can be a oo, it can be an uff, it can be an ow, it can be all those things. This is why I've started spelling through T H R U and, and cause I don't care. You know, people can correct me sure. if they want, but it, I, it, you, you look at it and you go through. Now, I know that when T R T H 
R O U G H isn't pronounced thruff or throw. I know it's pronounced through, but that's because I speak English and I learned that. However, <laughs> it is confusing to look at you know words that like moot and uh, and uh, soot and uh, foot and know that some are supposed to be oo and some are supposed to be uh. Well, in Esperanto, every vowel sounds exactly the same way, no matter what. And every consonant sounds exactly the same way, no matter what. So you never have to worry about pronunciation. Not only that, but when you, when you take base words and then stick words onto the words, and, uh, and it's all consistent across the way. Every noun, sorry, every adjective, every adjective ends in A to begin with until modifications start. Every noun ends in O. <laughs> Every verb ends in I. And uh, and then there are modifications. So you start with... So you can look at a word, a small word, and go, oh, that's definitely going to be a verb. I wonder which one it is. And then you kind of figure it out as you go. But does I sound like I or does it sound like E? It sounds like E. So it's it's A, E. Because it's very... Rom- it's because the romance language, right? Yes. Got it. I speak Spanish. Cool. So... I think uh, that that might be a more helpful language for you to learn. However, this language sounds very interesting. <laughs> well, I, 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 it, I do have the option to learn to speak. Now, you said Spanglish. Did you mean Spanish or th- that I should learn Spanish or that I should learn Spanglish? That you should learn Spanish. I should learn Spanish. Okay, just checking. Because um, I think there's actually elements of Spanish in Esperanto. And I've been using – so I was using the, this app, right? Um, so I listen to lots of other podcasts, as you probably know, because I've probably mentioned it at least once. Uh, in our in my comment threads, uh, but you might not know, so it's it's cool. And it, oh, and one of them is uh, you know Harmontown. I listen to Harmontown a lot. Uh, I, I haven't actually listened for the last few weeks, but I it's one I listen to often. And Jeff Davis, wa- I follow him on Twitter, uh, Jeff Davis of Who's Lion and also Harmontown. And uh, he mentioned he was learning how to speak. A, I think Italian was what he was learning, and uh, he found this cool app that uh, he wasn't doing an ad for it. He's just talking about it on his Twitter stream. You know, it's not. It's not a paid promotion. And he was saying it makes it easy and fun, like a game. And I thought, oh, okay, well, let's uh, let's see what's available. And I'd had an interest in Esperanto for a long time. I just never really sat down and like made a promise to myself that I was going to work. You know, be like, I'm going to learn this now. This is going to happen. These words are going to go into my brain, and I'm going to retain them. And blah 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 blah. And then I started using the app, and it was like, oh, oh, I, words are sticking in my head. Oh, cool. And so I just kept. I'm still using the app. I've been using it for like four months. And Duolingo? Du- Duolingo, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. It's it's awesome, especially for vocabulary. Um, and, yeah, once you get the sentence structure and pronunciation down, like, yeah, the vocabulary. Because I just – I use Duolingo for vocabulary um, just because, yeah, I don't speak Spanish as my first language and I don't speak it constantly. So, obviously, vocabulary needs to be refreshed. And you're right. It's awesome. It's just like a game. It is. It's uh, it's um, it's remarkably effective, and, and I'm very happy that uh, that I stumbled across that uh, that bit of information and was able to take advantage of it. I guess. Um, so very pro communication. I was thinking. I was thinking while you were um, telling me about the language, it reminded me of um, uh, what's it called? That Will Smith movie <laughs> that he did with his that he did with his son. Oh yeah. Um, did, Which one? Did they only do one with his son? Is it, it might be, is it the one I'm thinking of, or there was one where is he was the end of the world kind of vibe? Oh yeah, okay. Um, After Earth. Yes. Okay. So that movie is hilarious. Yeah, I've seen it a um, few times. It's because they have an accent. 
that is not a real accent. And, um, yeah. And so, I mean, I get it that they're trying to like, be like, Oh, this is what the accent is now, you know, this far in the future. Cause everybody's doing, you know, everybody's all mixed up, but I just had so much fun imagining that that wasn't the original plan of the movie. And that Will and Jaden were like, no, 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 we're going to talk like this. And the director was like, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, um, you know, you're like, what? we have other actors in this. And what if they can't do the accent? No, 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 no. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Um, what if they can't do the accent? Obviously that's well, what if they can't keep a straight face, let alone do the accent? I know, right? Like, yeah, so I, I'm sure that that wasn't what happened, but I like to imagine that that's what happened that's because funny. I love imagining Will and Jaden Smith being insanely difficult. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, um, I've listened to some of Jaden's music. It's not bad. It's, um, no, it's fun. It's really good, actually. I, I like it. Like, I just also remember that New York Times article I read about them, and I was like, eesh. <laughs> I, I have to, yeah, you might have to send me a link to that if you, you can. That'd be interesting. You haven't read it? Oh, my God. Is it a recent one? Or, um... Was, you remember when the Sony hacks were, hap- were happening? Kind of. Like, over a year ago or so, maybe two years ago, there was, a, there was an article with Jaden and Willow Smith, and they were just kind of, like, it was more of, like, an essay, almost, but it was just, like, they were just talking about... It was an interview with them, and they were just talking about what they like and things like that and how they make their own music and they write their own books and they do all this stuff because, you know, like, I make my own music because it's what I want to listen to when I'm driving down the PCH or Willow's like, I love to read, but I don't really like books, so I write my own books that I do like to read. And it it just, it honestly sounds fucking bananas and it's like it is crazy and then the sony hacks happen where you know all this producer all those people are getting their emails being shown up on online and there was emails about it saying like can we get that article taken down because these kids sound like fucking lunatics (laughs) (laughs) gotten a lot of like whoever sent that email got in a lot of trouble but it was also very funny because it was like yes they do you are saying what everyone is thinking which is they sound Bonkers. Straight up bonkers. I will have to find. I'll have to find that one and tag you on it on Twitter because um, it's it's a it's a delight that article. Well, I look I look forward to that. Oh, 2014. Okay, just just googled it for you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Jaden and Willow Smith on Prana Energy Time and why school is overrated. Prana Energy. I forgot they do talk about. Uh, school as well and how they don't find it to be worth their time. I was listening to Tiffany Haddish's book on Audible. Um, oh, does she do her and, own? And, uh, cool. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Um, it's called The Last Black Uni- uh, Unicorn. It's pretty good. And um, she talks about spending time with Jada Pinkett Smith on the set of Girls Trip because, you know, and they became friends and stuff. And the way that she talks about Jada and Will where it's like Will Smith, they went on a swamp tour because they filmed in Louisiana, and Will had said, like, man, this is really nice. i got to get me one of these. And, and Tiffany was like, a boat? And, she, and he said, no, a swamp. And Tiffany's like, this guy is so rich that he can afford to buy his own ecosystem. 
funny. I sent you the link. Oh, alrighty then, yes. My, my incredible talents of doing something while also podcasting. It's how, it's how I, it's something I developed while doing Nooner so I can still communicate with you guys on Twitter while still talking out loud. <laughs> oh yeah, I appreciate that because I really, I, I mean, I appreciate all the likes and the, uh, the retweets, um. I uh, yes. I don't expect them, so I always appreciate them when I get them. I, I um, it's it's a nice it's nice feedback to not to let me know that it's it's just something I've been doing since the beginning of the show. Has sort of been tweeting at them, and they've been kind enough to uh, respond to me over the years. So I I, uh, I appreciate when res- I'm when I am being responded to because you're under no obligation to do that. You know, it's a it's, no, it's a nice of course. thing. It's, it's uh. It's it's a pl- I love all of the fans. I have yet to have a fan that I dislike. Even some of the ones that uh, tweet crazy psychotic things at me, um, I find funny and charming um, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> to an extent, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, a pleasure. I really, really, really like doing that podcast and like everything that has come from that podcast of like. You know, getting to do other people's podcasts like right now. Although I don't know which podcast I'm on, I'm going to assume it's the antisocial one, considering that I went on that huge rant about being unable to talk to people. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been great, and um, always I'm, I'm just glad you guys are tweeting at us and talking to us, so that I feel like I'm not just talking into an unplugged mic in Marty's house once a week. I hear you. Which I believe if someone told me was happening. <laughs> like, there's no film in these cameras. What? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think about doing the periscope again because I remember I would periscope every once in a while, like in the in the beginning when I was around. But mm-hmm. uh, there is an, an intense pressure that 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 suddenly like feels like more more interaction that I can handle. Um, Cause that does cross my mind of like, Oh, I should do Periscope right now. And like, and have the live feed. And then I'm like, Oh God, like the, the <laughs> pop, I don't even know if Periscope's a thing anymore, but like, it's just all the shit <laughs> popping up on the screen and you know, yeah. just on the screen, it's, it's too much for me to respond to at once. And that would probably make my brain explode. Well, there's always Instagram live. It's got a similar kind of thing. Also, I think Periscope does exist, but it's like when you were saying, I wonder if Periscope exists, I was thinking, I wonder if Meerkat still exists. Do you remember that? Came out around the same Ooh. time. Meerkat. Speaking of. No. Yeah. no. Nope. It was like, it's a Meerkat. Like, Sorry, it's a visual on the, on the podcast. <laughs> Well, whoever's listening, if they've heard of Meerkat, they're going to go, oh, yes, of course, the the, the thing. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't hear about it. Actually, the last time I heard about Periscope was, oof, um, what was I watching? I was watching the thing about the girl who, maybe it was an episode of Hot Girls Wanted, uh, the series on Netflix, which I think I plugged the shit out of last time I was on Nooner. I think I brought it up a couple times, but it was a girl who was getting arrested or she was in a lot of trouble because she basically periscoped her friend getting raped. Oh no. Yeah. And she claims it was an accident. She didn't really know what was going on, but she was, yeah, it was like really weird. She like, cause she was on periscope a lot, this girl. And so she was just like, I don't know. I don't need to get the details on it. It was horrible. Um, but wow. <laughs> anyway, she was like, 
but she was on Periscope all the time, and so it was just like a natural thing for her to turn it on when something was happening. But Periscope has like a weird, like not weird. I don't want to talk shit because I don't want to be attacked. Um, but Periscope's got like a a, a very in depth following that like people can sit on that shit all day which is crazy and um not crazy but it, it seems like uh a lot and also um reminds me of chat reminds you of what chat roulette oh okay i've heard of that you know who that does... one that you masturbate on oh i thought that was called chaturbate no hey, i must be thinking of something else uh perhaps i'm thinking of chaturbate that's a tough word to say. Okay, and the sound has dropped out. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. Yes, my it, it did it it did a wonky thing again. I apologize. So what do you do with the when when it does that like on the podcast? You just like edit it out? Yep. Uh, I um it depends on like in the early uh, episodes of Antisocial Show, when I was because uh, I, I edit all the all the shows, I, some of it, some of it I would leave in, but not nearly as much as there was. You know, uh, like if it would drop out, um, I could take it out. It, it, sometimes it's like it never happened. Like I can take out us talking about it, and nobody would. <laughs> I figured if you were going to edit it, you could take this out. If you weren't, totally, then, uh, yeah. It can go either way. I'm I'm very I'm very flexible with that. It's it doesn't uh, it's it's not a it's not a thing. Sometimes it's it's like basically I'll listen to it and if I think we've mentioned the sound has dropped off too many times, I'll go maybe I won't get the next one unless something funny happens because it used to be like you'd hear you'd hear Hunter talk and be like yeah so then there's a and then it'd be about that much time and then you'd hear me going the sound has dropped out the sound has dropped out I'm because I'll be looking at. I actually am looking at the, um, I don't have a mirror or anything, and I can't turn my iPad, but uh, Audacity is going right now, and it's recording, so that's why I look up here occasionally to make sure it's still doing its thing. And it'll, and it'll be nothing. It's just sound, just sound is dropped out. I'll start getting bored, and I'll go, the sound, the sound is dropped out. The sound is dropped out. The sound is dropped out. And then you know, I hear him go, are you there? And I go, ah, yeah, I'm back. And then there'll be all that, because I, I might be able to sample that later, because I make music, so, or I make something kind of like music anyway. Oh, you do make music. I've I've heard some of your stuff because you'll send it to us. I love when you send us stuff. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I um I've been doing that for a while now. Yeah, it's amazing that they um like Laura, my wife, actually helped make um uh, pimp that. Fuck. <laughs> really? Yeah, but um, I didn't know you made pimp that. Fuck. Yeah, I'm the I'm the pimp. I also made the mail sack song. Everybody's been very nice to somebody they've never met, and I appreciate that a great deal. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that was part of the reason why you know they were always nice so uh, to me, and uh, I just I I heard him do that, and I was looking for something to turn into a new piece of music, so I just you know pulled it out of the show and took took my samples, and then figured something out, and I, I when I sent it to them, it's like it's only a minute and a half long or something like that, and I said this is a preview of a track I'm working on, and that tri- preview they just started playing it at the end of the show, uh, just every show, and so at the end of the show they say they say goodbye, see you next Tuesday, then you hear pimp that, fuck, pimp that, fuck. and I'd be like they did they did it again today, Laura, and I'd tell her they did it at the end of the show again, that's amazing, and then we'd go on about our lives, and every week, and now it's been five, I don't know five years or something, it's not been five years, yeah, no, it's it's that's the end of the show, man, that's so awesome. It's pretty cool. That's it's pretty nice to it's 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 surreal. It's it's I'm very grateful. So who is 
Uh, and how would you describe Diane Potts? Diane Potts is a um, is a a woman who wants to have um, a Martha Stewart style career and lifestyle show, and um, she's a little strange. Um, from I've heard, yeah, she's a little crazy. I've heard people tell me after watching. Um, Diane Potts that they felt like part of their soul was taken away from them. Um, but, um, you know, she's, she's from, uh, upper East coast and, um, some, somewhere around there. And, uh, she likes to, you know, decorate a house and throw a nice party and drink a little wine, but that's, that's all she does. I, I promise she does. She's got, I've got two nieces and they live with me and they don't, they don't speak, but it's not because they don't want to. Um, yeah, she's a freak. Um, I started, I started doing her in an, in an improv class briefly, like very quietly. Um, just like once. And then I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a weird voice. And then, um, and then I just thought about, I was talking to a couple friends of mine and, how much we love Christmas and if we could just fill every room with a Christmas tree, we would. And then I was like, that looks like, so like if you put a Christmas tree in every room, like people would know that you're depressed and then, then everything just kind of fell into place. But Diane Potts is coming back for Valentine's day. So, um, she'll, so we'll see, um, how that goes. And (laughs) I talk about, I talk uh, like Diane Potts as much as I possibly can. And where can we uh, could we see the Diane Potts? Um... Diane Potts, her 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 video right now is decorating for Christmas with Diane Potts. Uh, it's a little past Christmas, but I think that it's still fun to watch. Um, and it's on ladieslunchproductions.com um, or vimeo.com. Look for Ladies Lunch Productions, but that's a my production company with my partner Kate Murdoch, um, and we've been putting out a lot of shorts and plan to continue doing so. So that's, uh, I, I wish that I was better at plugging things, but if I had to plug something, ladies, lunch productions, it's, uh, my baby. Would you like to plug your Twitter and Instagram? Oh, sure. Um, on Twitter, I am at cast partiness, C A S S C A R D E N E S. I almost forgot how to spell my last name. Instagram. I am the same. At Cass Cardenas, C-A-S-S, C-A-R-D-E-N-E-S. It's one of my resolutions to get more Instagram followers this year. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, Food Channel, um, we really like uh, Chopped and yes. and Original Iron Chef, but also the new Iron Chef. Like, we're, we're old school Iron Chef fans. Uh, you can find all the old ones on YouTube, so those are pretty fun. I'm all over it. Food I love... Chef. Or more cooking shows. We're also uh, big fans of Bizarre Foods and Anthony Bourdain's uh, show, and also Alex Brown's Good Eats. I used to watch all the time because I, I made food like Sesame Street. Oh my god! I learned Amazing. So much about cabbage. So much about cabbage. It's like you know, practically all those green vegetables, you know, broccoli, cauliflower. Uh, those are all cabbage. Brussels sprouts are all cabbage related. I didn't know this. No, yeah, a, watch the Alton Brown episode on cabbage sometime. It's from like, it's somewhere in the first five years of, of, uh, of the show. And it was just like, 
So, if you like food, if you don't care, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, love food. I love food, yeah. Well, that about does it uh, for the Anti-Social Show. I'm Tyson Sainer. And I'm Hunter Block. And I'm Cassandra Cardenas. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Have a good time, folks. 